Hello listeners and viewers and welcome to another special episode of the Euro Football Verdicts. In today's episode we are going to give you our preview of what, what's going to happen in the Italian Serie A, which is starting next week. Who's going to win the title? Is it going to be another Juventus year or is something new going to happen? And uh, who's going to qualify for Champions League and for Europa League? But also, uh, who's going to be the biggest surprise or the biggest surprises of next year? As well as the biggest disappointment or disappointments. And uh, what are the, the best purchases of this year's transfer market window? Uh, stay tuned to listen to our replies to this and many other questions. Hello guys and welcome to a special episode of the Euro Football Verdicts. Today we are only seven days before the starting date of the Italian Serie A and so we are going to give you our own preview about what's going to happen. And that will be done, of course, with the help of Marco, my friend. How are you, Marco? Hey guys, so good. How are you? Great then. So let's start. What's our first topic, Marco, for today? So in the first section we're going to be analyzing which are going to be based on our expectation, the first four team on the Serie A. In the first section, indeed, uh, we are now be looking at who are the main clubs for this upcoming season. And to do so, I would suggest, let's quickly analyze and, and, and review how the last season ended. Um, Juventus was by far the best team, uh, despite only one point advantage at the very end of the season to Inter, but they have proven the whole year not to really have a strong... Uh, opponent. Lazio has tried for a couple of weeks to be that opponent. Inter has tried for a couple of weeks, but no one had really had the chance to put uh, their feet in front of Juventus for a long time. Uh, Stefano, do you think this is going to stay the same in the upcoming season or do you expect any of the aforementioned teams or any new one uh, to really pose a threat to yet another Juventus championship win? Well, you know, Marco, my answer might be uh, surprising to some extent, but actually I believe that this could be the year in which Juventus does not get the title. And it would be the first year after nine years, actually, which is, of course, very impressive. And why is that? Uh, so, as you said, last year uh, there were actually no teams really, really uh, posing a threat to, to Juventus for the title, even though uh, the difference in, in points between Juventus and Inter eventually, eventually was ju just one point. But I believe that uh, uh, this might be uh, the, I'm not going to say the end of the cycle for Juventus, but one of those transition years in which they kind of uh, need to understand what uh, they're going to become next. You know, they have a very new and young coach, Piro, who's uh, his first experience as a professional coach. And uh, on the other hand, we have Inter Milan, who's uh, arguably even stronger than last year. They have this very good purchase, which is Hakimi on, on, the, on the wing. And they're still considering other possible purchases. The market window is still open. And so I, I believe that this could be the year in which Inter Milan steals the title from Juventus. What do you think? I, I must agree with your overview. Quite glad that we are on the same page here. Of course, um, after nine years, even considering Juventus not to be the favorite, it's a little bit of a, of a hard position to have. But at the same time, what I'm seeing is that Inter is managing to do very well the nice mix of youngster and experienced player. So they bought, as you mentioned, Hakimi. They have in the defense um, Bastoni, who's going to replace Godin, probably moving to Cagliari from the look of things. 
there are voices that are basically identifying Vidal as a very uh, likely purchase for, for this club. But you also have, for instance, up front, Lautaro Martinez, but also Lukaku and Alex Sanch- Alexis Sanchez, who are more experienced. It's a very nice mix of young, uh, talented players and more experienced one, which I think usually is the perfect formula for for to win the league, right? To start that cycle that, that brings the young player to become the experienced one and you bring over time new players in. And at the same time, the manager is is undoubtedly one of the best ones uh, that we have in Italy. For Juventus, on the other hand, what I think it's gonna really end up being is they they have tried to make this generational change. I don't think it's there yet. Uh, if you look at the purchases, yes, they have bought uh, Kulusevski. Yes, they are investing over the past couple of years in youngsters. Uh, we see Betancourt, we see Rabiot, we see De Ligt. Uh, but at the same time, the backbone is still the same. Kellini is still expected to start uh, the majority of the games. Uh, Bonucci is going to be there for sure. The wingbacks haven't been performing that well over the past season and a half. Uh, and there is no no new wingback coming in. Uh, the only voice that the transfer market is giving us is Marcelo. Again, very good if you're trying to win the league, like getting Vidal right now for Inter. They are closing the gap and they need that extra step to really be there. But I don't think you, c- you should really, as Juventus, plan to get Marcelo now that he's over 30. Uh, and on top, yeah, as we mentioned very correctly, Pirlo is a manager, unexperienced. We don't know how he is. He might be amazing. He might be the new Guardiola. Uh, but he might very well be one of the new um, Milan managers, if you allow me the terms. <laughs> so the old player coming in, expecting very good things, showing very good things in the youth team, but then eventually uh, falling falling when, when he has to manage uh, very strong players, such as Juventus has as well. And at the same time, when he has to... Um, he's in a not optimal position, for instance, in the league, and he has, needs to motivate these players. Yeah, and he doesn't even have that much experience with young teams, right? I believe he uh, managed the Juventus young team for 10 days before he was promoted to, to the main team. So uh, that was a, quite, a, quite a shocking move from, uh, from Juventus management, in my opinion. So... But, uh, of course, Pirlo, we all know that he was one of the geniuses of, of football, like a true genius. You know, he could picture uh, the field in his mind and create whatever he wanted to. And, uh, of course, we all hope that uh, he's going to confirm that ability as a, as a manager, as a coach. But uh, we are still yet to, to see that, uh, for sure. So, we will see. And on the other hand, uh, I think Conte, as we all know, he's such a very good coach. But uh, Marco, do you think there's going to be some, some backlash about the crisis that has been between Conte and the management at the end of this year? Very good question. I do not have an answer. I got to be very blunt with you. Um, it has been a very weird situation that it's, we hardly ever experienced, really. Uh, managers getting such a strong position, not even Mourinho. Uh, as I can recall, ever did that, going so harsh on the management and then still deciding after a very long meeting that lasted basically six hours to still go ahead, no changes in the management, so no changes in the sporting director, which Conte was asking, and no change in the manager, which the sporting director was asking. So it's a very 
uh, unstable uh, balance, I believe, between these personalities. However, from the look of things, from the players they're buying, I think that Conte won the, the, the battle. Um, I, I have the gut feeling that Conte is the leader there, and the, 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 the sporting director is more at risk than Conte himself, really. So let's see how it all evolves, but that's a very good point. That, that is a risk that, that Inter is posing. However, I must say, overall, I still see Inter slightly ahead. Um, and uh, my personal ranking, it's going to be Inter first, Juventus just second. Uh, but then, Stefano, I also want to hear your, your opinion. Who's going to be the third and the first going to Champions League? Well, I have very uh, <clears throat> strong opinions about who might be the third and the fourth. And uh, uh, both are not too obvious, probably. So, Because I picture uh, Napoli as third. Why Napoli? Uh, we know that Napoli did not have the best season last year, and not like the, the year before was even worse than last year. But uh, they are strong, very. They are a cohesive team now. Uh, they are um, all following their leader and uh, coach Gattuso. Uh, I'm very curious about seeing their new forward, uh, Ozyman, uh, who, in my opinion, could very well fit Gattuso's uh, playstyle. You know, he's the uh, strong and central forward, ready to to put in the goal uh, the balls that he receives from from the wingers. And so I think that uh, uh, Gattuso's Napoli can be the surprise of the year and actually uh, get third after after Juventus. Personally, I still think Napoli miss a couple of good players in key positions, uh, I must be honest. We do have still Koulibaly on the leave for already two years. Um, I, I'm not sure how motivated he can be. Uh, personally, I still do think that they need an extra player in the middle. Uh, in the after after the departure of Alan, as well as someone a very good player on the right wing, uh, which uh, after Callejon left, I think it's still missing a little bit. Uh, yes, they can move other players there. Yes, Lozano can play there. Yes, Mertens can possibly get back in the wing. Zielinski has played on the right in the past, but still, I miss something to really see this team complete and 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 see that third. I see, to be honest, Atalanta still slightly ahead. I think they have perfected the style. They don't have too many movements, but they have the right one. Uh, both very interesting players, both in the defense and um, forward. Uh, Ilicic, despite all the personal issues he's going through, um, and um, we all hope, both as people and as football fans, that he can solve them as soon as possible. But even if he wasn't in the pitch, I think Atalanta made the right uh, purchases to cover that gap and Gasperini is a manager you you know what you're getting you're probably never gonna win a league but you're gonna have amazing football and and I think Atalanta can confirm themselves at the third place uh, this year as well to be honest uh, but I must agree with you Napoli I see that as fourth still in Champions League uh, no doubts about that I think that the strongest team out of the out of the rest really so um, when we're looking right there's Lazio, Milan, Roma probably behind um, in, in whatever order we're going to discuss in the next block. But I think, yes, uh, Atalanta third, Napoli fourth for me. For you, you mentioned Napoli third and who's the fourth? Well, I'm so undecided between uh, Atalanta and AC Milan. Uh, I'm really undecided this time. Uh, as you said, Atalanta, if they play like they played last year, there's no doubt that they will go to, to Champions League. There's literally no doubt. 
and uh, they might very well do that, even if, uh, of course, we hope that Igicic solves his personal issues, but even if he does not, we saw that uh, Malinowski can be an excellent replacement for him last year, and uh, they also bought uh, Miran Hook from uh, Ukraine, right? And uh, he's very promising as well. So it's it's a matter of continuity. Uh, if they still have the motivation and the strength to to play like they did last year, they're going to be, be qualifying for Champions League for sure. Otherwise, I think that uh, this could be the year that uh, I mean we say that every year, but maybe maybe this one is going to be the year for AC Milan to make his final comeback into his uh, European uh, Champions League home. A little bit of bias, I hear. Uh, not too much, you know, just a little bit, but. <laughs> But actually, uh, the same speech that I made for Atalanta could very well be made for AC Milan, because if they play like they did post-lockdown last year, they're going to qualify for sure. They would win the league, if, if that's but, the case. If you look at the, at, the, at the average number of points, they would probably really pose a threat to Juventus. I must agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't, I don't think that for one year they can give us the continuity that we saw in the post-lockdown uh, Serie A of last year. But even if they play slightly uh, less good than they used to, they still can be one of the top teams for sure. Yeah, makes sense. In the next blog, we'll be analyzing who other than Atalanta Stefano sees for Europa League then and see the three of mine and in which order. Welcome back in the second section of this uh, special episode about the Serie A preview. Uh, Stefano, as you just mentioned at the end of the first section, you do see Atalanta being the first of the others, let's say. Uh, so the, the ones that will end up going to Europa League. Uh, but we do have a, a good bunch of teams that have at the very least the ambition to get there. Of course, we have the ones from last year, right? So... Roma, Lazio, who actually ended up in Champions League. Uh, AC Milan, you already put it in the in the Champions League. So then there is Atalanta. But there's also other that have this ambition, right? Uh, Bologna, uh, according to the manager, um, has has ambition to get to Europa League. Fiorentina, of course, uh, the, the new president, Comiso, has strong ambition as well to get them in Europa. But we also have... Uh, the Genovese team, uh, Sampdoria, uh, we have Torino. We have a couple who want to make that last step, Parma possibly as well. Uh, just checking with you, do you expect the old seven teams to be there yet another year or do you expect some surprises? Well, to be honest, Marco, I, I'm not expecting too many surprises in this regard. Uh, of course, it's true that uh, teams such as Bologna and Fiorentina are Almost every year they seem to be able to, to get finally that Europa League qualification. But uh, can they really compete with uh, the, the, the team from Rome, Lazio and Roma? And the answer, in my opinion, is uh, unfortunately not. Uh, they still did not reinforce their teams uh, as much. And uh, either they have like the, the perfect season or I, I still don't think they can make it for the Europa League qualifiers. I must agree with you. I also see... Um, in order, actually, for Europa League, uh, AC Milan, Roma, and sadly, Lazio as the seventh. Uh, uh, so sad. Yeah, as you know, I'm a Lazio fan, so it's quite hard to see this. But I believe that Lazio is not ready to have a strong Champions League, Champions League performance, which 
they aim to because just the money of going through uh, is, is so high that you need to put your best team there, while at the same time challenging for the high positions in the league. Uh, we have bought a couple of players, but I don't think it's enough, uh, as we just cover gaps that we already have in the team, rather than uh, adding depth and added quality to our, not even 11, but I would say to our 15, 16 uh, group of players, including the bench. Uh, on the other hand, Roma, I think, is doing a couple of very interesting uh, purchases. Pedro, I think, it's going to be very valuable. There is Fonseca is a, is, a, is a manager that really loves to play with the wingers. Uh, however, neither Under nor Clauvert uh, or Perotti, really, have performed to the level that fans, management and Fonseca were expecting. There was the need of someone that really can change things. Personally, I'm not a great fan of Pedro as a player, but I must agree that looks like the perfect purchase for this Roma for a free, uh, amazing, amazing bargain for what they were looking. Um, well, for Bilan, I must agree with you. If the spell continues, I think they are ahead of the of the two Roma teams. Um, the big question mark for me are. I still believe that to some extent, certain players have been bought because they are expected to be good rather than because they are needed. Uh, I struggle to see Tonali to fit with the current midfield in, in, in AC Milan because he wants to be the key, but you also have Benasser that wants to be the key of the, of the AC Milan play. And Benasser was one of the nice surprises from last year. So what does that mean? Is either of the two going to be on the bench for most of the time? Uh, how they can be together on the pitch uh, while not losing that the, the muscles and the 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 capability of breaking the opponent's play in the midfield. Still something that I'm wondering. Uh, let's see how the season develops, of course. But I I believe that when I look at the list of the players that Milan has, they they are above the two Roma teams personally. Yeah, I think so too, Marco. And. Uh... That's a very hard question, actually. How can Tonali fit uh, uh, Milan's playstyle now? But because you know, uh, Pioli emerged last year with his four-two-three-one uh, scheme, which is having two midfielders who were indeed Benasser, who was such a great surprise, and Kessi, uh, who uh, completed the, the midfield very well with Benasser, I think. So, uh, you know, to some extent, it's going to be uh, risky to to change this up asset, which performed very well, especially in the second part of the season. Uh, but on the other, uh, you know, uh, we don't know what Pioli has in mind. Maybe he's considering switching to a, a three midfielders um, um, scheme, uh, which could very well include both uh, Benassar and Kessi, but also Tonali. Or, uh, or maybe he's just going to do more rotations. Because I, I think, at least at the beginning, uh, Tonali is going to start from the bench. But uh, they, they can't justify having Tonali on the bench for, for too long, because he's such a, a promising player. And also there's the romantic side of football, you know, because he's always been an AC Milan supporter. We know that uh, he asked uh, Gattuso for authorization to get uh, his uh, eighth shirt, number eight shirt. And so they, they, they won't be able to justify keeping Tonali on the bench for too long. There was also a very nice letter, not sure if you and the audience have seen it, that Tonali sent to um, Santa Claus asking for, for gifts and, and explicitly mentioning that he wanted an AC Milan shirt when he was a kid, indeed. 
because he was such a big fan. So I must agree. It's it's a very nice story. Uh, not often it happens. So for instance, talking about nice stories, Lazio is or Lazio fans, I must say, for multiple years are hoping that Romagnoli actually from AC Milan would come back to Lazio. Is similar story, but uh, Romagnoli is in love with Lazio. But as, as you see, sometimes it just doesn't happen because um, performance on the pitch is more important. Uh, and 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 the club and the brand and whatever it's it's more important than just pure love towards a team. So with this, um, I think we have drafted a little bit uh, the Europa League. So just to summarize for me, it's uh, Milan, Roma, Lazio. For you, Stefano. For me, it's Atalanta, Lazio, and Roma. Thank you. And in the next section, we're gonna look at who are gonna be the three teams that are expected to make to be the worst and. Who are going to be the surprises that we expect of this season? Welcome to the third and last section of our special episode of Serie A. Uh, Stefano, uh, we have spoken about who are the strongest team or who we expect to make the best performance this year, I must say. Uh, who, on the other hand, do you expect to go back to Serie B or um, to just go to Serie B if they have been for a couple of years in Serie A. Do you expect any surprises? Do you expect the Benevento Crotone Spezia who just were promoted to go back? How do you see this, this fight? Well, you know, Marco, I'm not expecting too many too many surprises, but uh, I don't think that all of the new entries into Serie A will be relegated. Personally, I believe that uh, one of the teams who, which, which for sure will struggle a lot is going to be Spezia because they, they have a very uh, new team which, with players who are not that experienced uh, in, in major leagues, not just in Serie A, but also in other major leagues. And Spezia is, itself, it's been many years since it's uh, played in, in the Serie A. And so I, I'm afraid that uh, Spezia might have to struggle uh, a lot, actually. Uh, what do you think about Spezia? Must agree. That is my 20th team out of the standing. Um, when, when, I'm, when I'm thinking at what I expect from this season. I don't see enough experience. If you look at all the teams that have made it through Serie A after a promotion, uh, it's always a mix of people or players, I must say, that have already experienced Serie A, that have been proven good in Serie A. Possibly... 30 plus year old because they have the experience but not anymore you know to stay at the very top level but i don't see this aspetia i see a group of very young players which of course might surprise many uh, but at the same time they might struggle a bit when you know um you you play against your childhood uh hero for instance ibrahimovic how can you really be calm and be focused. That, that is something that I think is going to be the big challenge for Spezia. Uh, after after Spezia, so who I see being last, I also don't believe that Crotone has the team quality and the team depth to save themselves from relegation in an easy way. Uh, personally, do see that as 19th. Of course, we know when we're talking about relegation, uh, the the difference can really be one game uh, when you win at the 90 minutes because of a corner compared to, uh, for instance, just just drawing, uh, the difference is usually one to two points, no more, between saving yourself and being relegated. But I, I believe that Crotone, at least when 
now when we're looking at, at, at the team depth is, is slightly behind the rest. Um, a couple of good players, they have experienced not that far ago as well in, in Serie A. Uh, certain players that have done well in, in the Serie B are expected to do well in the Serie A. However, uh, I think the big difference here is Crotone had a very good spell at the end of last season uh, with a couple of players, Simi for instance, and players who have also done quite decently in Serie A. But uh, again, only for very short moment in times. Can they perform the whole season? I have my doubts. Yeah, you know, we are we are truly on the same page today because uh, Crotone was going to be my, my second guest too. Even though it's always those, like these verdicts are possibly the hardest ones to deliver because, for, for instance, you have a team like Verona that uh, last year everybody thought for sure would be relegated but had an amazing season, like literally an amazing season. So there are always surprises that can happen. But I must agree with you that uh, uh, Crotone does not look too, too promising. And uh, Simi, as you mentioned, uh, has shown in the past to be able to, to score a lot of goals. And uh, is a very uh, strong and tall center forward, but also one who's lucid in front of the goalkeeper. So maybe it will depend a lot on, of, on how many goals can uh, Simi can, can deliver. But overall, I, I agree with you, Marco, that, uh, that uh, Crotone is a little bit behind. And you mentioned before you're not expecting all three to, to go to Serie B. So who is the unexpected third team that you see being relegated? Yeah, you're right, Marco. Indeed, I, I don't think that the third new entry, which is Benevento, is going to get relegated. Why is that? Uh, so um, we know that the team managed by Inzaghi had a very good season in Serie B last year. And uh, Inzaghi overall seemed to be uh, way more mature and lucid that, uh, than, we, than he used to be a couple of years ago. Because we know that uh, Inzaghi did not have very good seasons as a, as a coach in, uh, in Serie A. First when he started managing AC Milan, which was a disaster season, we can say. But also as the uh, Bologna coach, he did not deliver very good performances. But finally, it looks like that uh, Inzaghi has become more confident uh, of his, his means and his abilities. And uh, the Benevento team overall does not look very bad either, right? They have Lapadula and Sao as forward players. Uh, they have uh, Ionita in the midfield. Uh, they even have Glick as a defender and Maggio. You know, those are players that we have seen in, in Serie A or in other major leagues for, uh, for a long time. And so I think that uh, Benevento has that something which could uh, make it uh, not be relegated. I really feel like what I was mentioning before, right, Stas, so the right mix between experience and young talent um, that usually is, is, the, is the silver bullet to all the problems in the first uh, season in, 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 a major, in a major league. Let's see, indeed, we do expect Benevento to safely save themselves, not really um, getting far either to be honest but uh, they, they uh, by the look of things they shouldn't uh, be in the lower three for too long uh, so now the stuff the question is that who's gonna be the third relegated team for you and the answer Marco might be very very shocking because I think it's gonna be one of the teams the two teams from Genoa either Genoa or Sampdoria uh, you know uh, they they have good teams rather good teams but it's been so many years now that uh, every year they uh, play good until, let's say, early spring. And then they feel like they are safe and uh, for sure they're not going to be relegated and almost stop playing every single year. 
and eventually they, they don't get relegated. But that's a matter of a few points, I think. It's like uh, four or five points. And if Benevento eventually makes it and uh, does not get relegated, and it's, it, it becomes one of the surprises of the Italian Serie A, then I believe that one of the two teams from Genoa might be very well, very well uh, at risk. What do you think? I'm getting a little bit worried because we have the very same opinion. So if this goes wrong, this goes very wrong, Ste. I must agree. I see Genoa, <laughs> Genoa being the most likely. To be honest, I don't believe that Sampdoria will be at risk. I see Genoa and Udinese uh, fighting for the third, uh, well, to save themselves from, from relegation. But I do see Udinese a little bit ahead if they can keep hold of Lasagna up front. Genoa, I really struggle to understand what they're doing. Um, they're getting many players, but as soon as they perform a little, they just get rid of them. I don't see the, the, a cycle being created ever. And that's because of the president. He's been very strong-minded, not really allowing a coach to be at... Uh, on the bench for longer than half a season, I must say. Hmm. Uh, but at the same time, also from 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 a player perspective, I mean, Pinamonti up front is obviously not ready to lead to lead the, the attack. Yet still, he is the main striker of of Genoa. I, I don't know how long Genoa can survive in Serie A with this uh, behavior, and I must say, I already. I was already seeing Genoa being relegated last season, in the beginning of last season. So it's something I'm continuing to see, but I don't see a change in the management uh, that would allow really Genoa to, to save themselves, uh, I must be honest. Um, so Genoa it is for me as well. Yeah, and you know, especially uh, it is that this thing that we experience almost every year, which is that they at some point they feel safe and stop playing. That's what they do. It almost feels like they... We have that concentration to go through the end of the season. And um, even though Sampdoria has arguably now a slightly better team than, than Genoa, and a very good coach, Ranieri, who we all know what Ranieri is capable of doing, then maybe Ranieri is not that uh, energetic coach who can give you that concentration uh, uh, through almost of the year, maybe. So maybe, you know, that could be also a, a surprise. Yeah, let's see. I mean, last year Ranieri really saved them from the grave. They were, I believe, five points behind the safety uh, of, of not being relegated. So uh, behind the first team when he got them around uh, winter. And then he had five points above the relegation zone. So really good spell last year for Ranieri. But uh, yeah, he's also a manager that is, as you mentioned, not that strong in the motivation possibly. So he has other skills, uh, more more tactical, more... A very safe way of playing, very structured way of playing, that have proven being good also in in uh, in this hard situation. But yeah, let's see. Um, but but from from the worst of the league, let's look a little bit at the individuals. So who's gonna be the surprise in your opinion of this league? The one or two players that will do better than expected. Well, my first guess would be Kuloseski from, uh, from Juventus. We know that he does not have that much experience and possibly he will be starting from, uh, from the bench because Juventus has such a team that uh, it's very hard to, to, to start from the pitch. But Kuloseski with Parma last year uh, did not just have um, 
scored so many goals and assists. But he was always on point. Like he, he's, he was very, very consistent. He played that kind of uh, fantasy football that uh, probably Pirlo would appreciate. And uh, I think that definitely Kulusevski could, could be one of the biggest purchases of the year and a very good purchase from, uh, from Juventus. What do you think? It's a very good player. Um, I must say, with Juventus, I struggle to see these kind of players really performing on the first season. We have hardly ever seen a young player going to Juventus and having a blast. Even De Ligt, who at the end of last year has performed well, he really struggled in the first half. Um, we did see Bernardeschi never really performing. We did see many others, youngsters, coming to Juventus and struggling. The ones that have made it through, uh, it's because they had a quite a long transition period before they got in stable in the starting eleven. Uh, and I'm thinking about Betancourt, for instance. So it's not an easy team to move to. Uh, so amazing quality. Is this going to be this year or next year? Personally, I must stand more for the latter. I think he's going to be a great addition for Juventus in the future. Uh, he will possibly do quite well this year. But I think he's going to confirm himself as a star player only uh, starting next year. That That is my gut feeling. Who, on the other hand, I think just got in the best position that, that he could uh, have gotten to in terms of manager, in terms of team, etc. is a player that you mentioned before, Osime. Uh, amazing striker. Uh, does not yet, if, if I must be honest, have the numbers to, to be expected to be that good. That's why we are naming it a surprise rather than a superstar. But then again, if you're looking at 50 millions per 20 millions of uh, youngsters, so 70 million overall as a as a transaction. You expect that player to be to be good, so it's not really a surprise. But I think he can really perform this year. Um, the right team, the right support during the summer. Uh, he has scored tons of goals in the friendly games as well, showing that possibly this Napoli is the right team for him, and he is the right striker for Napoli. I do expect him to be to be extremely good. Um, then, if I must think about a less expected top player, uh, I personally would go with Glick. I think Glick in the defense, he's not fast as he used to be, but his motivation, the capability of carrying, his charisma, um, and his experience, I think are gonna be key for this Benevento. Uh, he's amazing in the air, so I wouldn't be surprised him scoring a couple of goals uh, here and there. And for a team that's fighting for relegation, as Benevento is at the end of the day, getting those goals from the defense on a, on a free kick on a corner is key to get three points. I think he's going to be really a surprise. We haven't seen Greek for many years, but at Torino, he was probably top three defenders of Serie A. So I still think it's it's in him, and I still think he can really be a very big surprise for the Italian league. Well, Marco, there's clearly some uh, weird connection between us today because Greek is in my list too, <laughs> which is very weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I have to agree with you, unfortunately. Uh, I really have to. You know, he's the kind of player that can turn a season for Benevento, in my opinion, because he, he can be both the, the strong man in the defense, but also the one who uh, sets the play, maybe even scores some, some goals. 
and uh, he's the, the the player that Benevento needs probably. So very good purchase from Benevento indeed. My my third guess, uh, even though that's probably not uh, a surprise or a, a minor minor surprise, let's say, is once again uh, Tonali from AC Milan, because uh, even though he will probably start from the bench, but probably not, but not surely actually, I believe that uh, it won't take him long to to get his hold on on the football uh, pitch, and uh, if he manages to uh, convoy his passion and emotions into actual motivation and good performances then he has to be one of the strongest players for, for AC Milan, for sure. And I'm going to close these surprises uh, section with a name that is not yet in Serie A. Uh, he's extremely close to closing the deal. And I expect him to be the new Piotek of, of the Serie A. I'm talking about Supriaga, a striker that uh, is... is according to the news, extremely close to Bologna. Um, the manager of Bologna, Mihajovic himself, actually yesterday in a press conference, mentioned that uh, they are looking for a young striker to begin a cycle. Uh, Barrow, who's the only real striker they have other than Palacio in the team, is young, but also um, I don't think personally he's ready. Santander will probably move out, so they're looking for a new one, a new player to invest. And Vladislav Supriaga from, from Dynamo Kiev, um, I think it's, it's the right player. Uh, absurd numbers at his age, he's 20 years old and scored something like 20 goals in 27 games last season. Uh, and I think that's going to be the big surprise. From the look of things, it's, it, we're just at the details. Um, and that would be a, a, a big addition. And I, I'd like just, you know, to leave everyone with this small gem of if he comes, I think he's going to be in the right place. That's very interesting, Marco. And uh, I must say that I'm afraid we both uh, forgot to mention the arguably the, the biggest purchase of this year for Serie A, uh, the player who could really make the difference, who is, of course, Pepe Reina to Lazio. We, we forgot about that, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, Lazio tried to buy the surprise David Silva, horribly <laughs> failed, and then they still wanted a Spanish player. So who better <laughs> than uh, a tur- well, a not starting goalkeeper uh, yes. that you that you overpay too much? Can be the thirty-eight, the I believe, also. So yeah, yeah, a very very good idea. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for for reminding that very good purchase of Lazio. You're very welcome. <laughs> But with that, um, I think we have closed a little bit the overview on the Serie A. Just one last question. Uh, we already mentioned that we don't expect any surprises of the in the top seven. Who do you think is going to be the team that will overperform themselves? That's the very just quick answer, very last point. Well, I think it has to be Bologna, right? Uh, as you said, they were already a very solid team with a very good manager who's Sinisa Mihaljevic. And uh, like you mentioned, they're uh, most likely going to buy a very uh, strong and interesting forward. So my guess is Bologna indeed. What's yours? Uh, Bologna is, uh, I see three, three teams that are likely to overperform themselves. Bologna for sure. Cagliari, I think uh, they are setting a very good team for the future. Um, doing something that Torino has done a couple of years back. Now falling a little bit, but you know, getting the young player, but also the experienced one. They have a nice spell. I think they, they can do well. 
And of course, what you already mentioned, Benevento. I think they're going to come probably around the 10th position. And for a newly relegated team, that would be already a big success. Yeah, so they would be the, the new Verona of the year, right? Pretty much, yes. And with that, Stefano, I think we gave all our listeners a good overview of what this Serie A will bring us. Um, I must say I'm quite excited to see the first the first games. Um, it, it has been weird. Long time that we haven't seen football. And again, we're going to have football without fans. Um, I don't know. It doesn't just feel like the normal start of the season. But not because of that, I'm any less excited. Uh, not sure about you, but I'm quite keen to see what 2020-2021 season will bring us. Yeah, I'm very excited too. Uh, let's hope that uh, things can go as regularly as possible with the uh, worldwide situation. But, uh, but uh, that doesn't change the fact that I'm very excited about the start of the year too. Yeah. And with that, thank you very much, Stefano, for providing, as always, your very good input in this conversation thanks so much marco and uh, thank you also for the same and thank you also to the viewers to the listeners and viewers on youtube who have uh, gone through with us through this preview of the Serie A. and looking forward to hear your questions uh, you just can send us an email at eurofootballverdicts@gmail.com or just pm us on any of the social networks youtube Instagram or Facebook. Thank you very much all and stay connected.